0: you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by John Papaloni. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me. And you're with us all the way from Toronto. Yes, that's true. Excellent. Excellent. So, John, before we get into all the nitty-gritty management talk, tell us a little bit more about your background and how you've ended up doing what you're doing right now.
1: Ah, that's a great question. I mean, I'm a serial entrepreneur. It was one of those things that I've tried to get the jobs in the past. And they've been a tool for me to sometimes get from one level to the next level, or from one point to the next point. And, uh, but other than getting from point A to point B, they weren't really a strong point for me. So uh, apparently, I don't take orders very well. So, uh, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, Anyways, it's one of those things so that, uh, you know, I, I built up many, many businesses through the past. I had a marketing business where I was in the top 100 in North America. I sold the business in 2007. It was an 8 figure uh year business. And uh, yeah, so then at that point in time, I tried an online business, and uh, it was doing all right. Uh, but unfortunately, that's when my parents got sick, and when they got sick, I ended up uh, taking time off. And closing that down. So that took about three and a half years of not working at all. And from there, I had to decide what to do. So that's when I got into real estate. And uh, yeah, I became an agent and an investor. And uh, apparently, I can't do one thing at a time. So then I started up my media business as well. And that that is what brings us to today. So I'm an agent and an investor. I like got an investment company. and uh, And I'm a marketing guy <laughs> or a media guy. Excellent. We uh, we sound equally entrepreneurs. So uh,
0: that's great. I'm sure that would be a great conversation. Absolutely. So John, one of the biggest things that I work with most of my clients on, the number one challenge is delegation. Yeah. Now, when you have run many businesses like this, I'm sure that you have learned to get at least half decent at delegation. So Tell me a little bit about how you look at delegation, how you look at mastering it, and how you make sure the people within your organization do so as well.
1: Well, here, I got a theory, you know, when it comes down to this. Uh, And it's something I took a long time to learn. But as uh, business sometimes uh, gets really, really busy and you start to feel like you're choking, you're kind of forced to learn it. So it's one of those things like I am a slow, I'm slow to hire. I'm very slow to hire slower than I should be. Um, and a lot of times what ends up happening is I get to the point that I feel like I'm choking, but once I start and then I end up having, um, I end up looking at things differently than uh, I do before I start. Cause it's always that hesitation of what if, right? So you eventually got to get past that. that's part of the entrepreneurial mindset is realizing that we're in a, uh, an abundance of work out there. There's abundance of opportunities if you want to find it. And you know, you're usually the person who holds yourself back, not the environment around you. So what ends up happening is once I start off with that hiring trail and I start doing that, then I start looking at things and saying, okay, what is the most important part of the business in terms of growing? Like what is those income-producing activity? And I think that I take as the most important for me, for what I need to be doing. And because usually those IPAs are stuff that is that, that, that comes with strategies of the work that I need to do that I usually can't farm out. So that leaves admin work as an example, accounting, um, stuff like that, like uh, social media, marketing. I don't need to be the one to do that. Like my staff may not interact with a client and come up with strategies. Not to say that there isn't positions where they couldn't do that, But typically, when you're starting, the staff isn't the one meeting with the client. It's going to be me. So why would I want to do my own accounting? Why would I want to do my own social media posts or content creation or whatever? Like even podcast, I'm the talent, but I'm not the producer, right? So I could do that and I could pay someone just say, even if it's $20 an hour, but what is my time worth? In terms of interacting with clients. Now, I'll use my real estate business as an example because that's the easiest to break down. Average commission here in in Toronto is about $9,000. When you do the calculation of the number of hours you need to put in for that $9,000, it works out to be just say somewhere between $150 and $250 an hour. So, producing, when you produce a podcast or do some edits for the podcast, I can get that done for $20 an hour. So the way I look at it is if I'm spending my time and I'm spending two hours of editing on my own, when I could be out there generating more business, and let's take the lower number that I gave you, just say my time is 150 bucks an hour, I basically spend $300 when I could have done it for $40. Yep. So as long as I break things down in that manner, I look at it and say, how many hours is this going to take? How much is that going to cost? And and how many true hours would I spend into getting other hours? Like, cause you have to also break it down. You can say forty hours times one hundred fifty. There's your income, but you don't spend forty hours prospecting. Let's be honest, right? So you got to take your actual work hours and divide it with the actual time it uh, you know it takes to do the task. And if my time could be better used somewhere else, I pass it off. Yep. 100% makes sense. 100% makes sense.
0: And I think that's, uh, I love the mindset and that's very similar to how I look at it, right? I, I, I take it, I guess, a step further because I think one of the, one of the big things for me is that um, it's not just what I can do, but it's also what I'm good at doing. Because one yes. of the key things is when you're sitting doing things, like if you're not good at doing bookkeeping, or if you're not, what takes you four hours might take someone who's good at it two hours. So <laughs> that just makes the equation even worse, right? So, yeah, so exactly. fundamentally, the way I look at it is that when I'm doing things that people getting paid less than me could be doing, I'm wasting company resources. That That's fundamentally it. And, and I, I think a lot of company growth actually suffers from that because people are so busy doing low value tasks, trying to, quote, save a little bit of money. But reality is they end up paying for it twofold because they actually don't do the things that the business really needs.
1: Right. Absolutely. Now, and, and that's where it comes down to. It can be scary because you're trying to pass things off and you're trying to pass things off when, let's, let's be honest, most people in startups, their bank accounts are very limited. And they're yeah. very worried about hiring someone out when they still don't have any business. And that's what makes it scary. So I'm not saying in the beginning, maybe, maybe the first 90 days you might have to have your hands double dipped But within 90 days, you should be able to get some income and at least be able to divide your income, keep half for your bills and, and yourself and use the other half to employ people. So you can delegate this stuff. And take it off your plate so then you can double up in the next 90 days instead of doing the repeat of what you just did. Yep.
0: Yep. Makes sense. What what's the biggest mistake you have ever sort of made delegating?
1: Slow to higher. That that is my biggest mistake. I have that same hesitation everybody else has. And sometimes I look and saying I can do it. And I forget that some just because I can do it doesn't mean I should do it. And, uh, you know, cause business is fluctuating and it goes up and down and it's always one of those things you get overwhelmed and then you want to hire, then you're worried about the downtime and I hesitate. So my first hire in every business is always the longest process. And it's always the, uh, hardest process. Cause I got to learn to let go. Uh, I'm a micromanager and that's biggest, my biggest holdup. Uh, my, my business, uh, broke seven figures and got into eight figures the day I learned to let go.
0: Yep. It, it goes fast. And particularly the, the, the benefit is when, when you actually run a good business, right? Like you, you, you don't always need the most expensive people. Like if you're actually good at what you're doing and if you have some good processes, it's not always like, obviously some jobs require people that are a bit more expensive, but a lot of the time it's about finding good talent and finding people who want to do things as much as it is necessarily paying a, a ton of money for, for talent. Um, obviously, the further down the road you go, the more you can often afford to to do. But it's not always like sometimes people are like, oh well, you know, I don't have a hundred grand to pay someone every year. And I'm like, you you can definitely get started for a lot less in most places. Right?
1: Absolutely, and sometimes you can hire people on a contract basis, right? You might only need somebody for ten hours a week. Somebody has their own you know, little sole, sole proprietorship business that they do, and they have multiple clients, and you can just become one of their clients, too, and contract that out. And by yeah. contracting that out, you're going to contract them and guarantee them 10 hours a week, and they'll give you a rate for 10 hours a week, and that's all you're committing to. And then you yeah. get all the important things with them within that 10 hours. That's where virtual assistants come in as well. And, and yeah. I think that should be the person's first hire is as your assistant. It sounds backwards because everyone thinks, no, I need a sales guy. No, no, you're the sales guy. You need you need an assistant to handle the mundane things that you shouldn't be looking at, and, yeah. and that's the key thing. Well, always
0: depends a little bit on the business setup, and you know what you're selling, and like like situations are slightly different, right? But but yeah. I, I run a virtual assistant company as well, and, and definitely we see we see definitely a lot of people start growing fast when they first start getting some help, right? Like it often, as you say, it takes a little bit of time to get to that point. But eventually, when they get there, then our growth starts like going significantly faster.
1: Absolutely. Now, here, even going back to what I was saying about you know learning to let go and mm-hmm. um, and and not micromanaging, like the thing is, if you feel that you have to micromanage and you feel that you have to control every single situation, then the truth of the matter isn't uh, the employees as much as the people you hired. You hired the wrong person. For the wrong, I mean, you hire, yeah, you hired the wrong person for that position, um, because if you're micromanaging, you got someone who doesn't really know what they're doing. So either you didn't train them properly, or they don't have the uh, skills that you need them to have. So the issue is hiring, not that they're bad people. It's just you got the wrong person for that position. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's that's why I spend a lot of my time, uh, I, I uh, fundamentally understanding humans and just sort of natural natural human tendencies and and natural strength is is so valuable when you start to understand people because, you know, a good sales guy is rarely a great accountant, right? So actually understanding what people are naturally good at and gifted at is, is so helpful when you're recruiting, particularly in the beginning, because as you say, like there's a lot of great people out there, but just because someone is great in a particular role doesn't mean they're absolutely great at everything. And it's very much about getting the right people into the right seats, right? Exactly. Excellent. Well, that sounds good, John. So, you get a business off the ground, you start delegating. What's, what's some of the, the key things that you see sort of early on, right? Like a lot of the listeners here, they have maybe two, three, four, five staff members or so on. What are other things that you find is, is really critical for a management point of view?
1: Um. From a management point of view, one thing that I think is critical and that people should have is realistic expectations. Um, And I believe the doors of communication with your employees are very important as well, and not as a saying, because a lot of people say, oh, it's important, and uh, you know, my door is available all the time. Oh, that's kind of a half-butt answer that people don't take serious. And sometimes when one person walks into the door to actually bring something up that they're concerned about, they get their head bitten off. So nobody ends up, uh, you know, coming back. And then it looks like everything's hunky-dory till it's not. The reality of it is you should be open to constructive criticism and should be uh, actually take what they're saying serious. Because what happens is they could just do the job, collect their pay, go home and say nada. And uh, eventually, yeah, you'll figure out what's wrong and then you'll blame them and fire them. And then they'll just move on to the next job. But the person who's coming to your office to let you know is coming there because they like being at that place. They want to see you succeed, so they're trying to tell you because it's something they noticed, and they want to get it, get your attention on it before it's too late, so they can still be there and not lose their job. You know that—that's how you know a person cares—is when they're willing to open up. So don't yeah. chew them up. In fact, you know, respect the fact that they're open and honest. Definitely.
0: One of the other pieces I've spent a lot of time and focus on is, is also making sure that you build the connection with them. Saying my door is always open is one thing, but actually ensuring that you're communicating with people on a regular basis is so critically important, right? Because if you don't build a good relationship with your staff, you know, you, you can say my door is open as much as you want, but if they if they feel intimidated or if they feel uncomfortable walking in the door the door can be very very open but that doesn't mean they walk into it right
1: exactly and that's and that's exactly the point right and you also got to remember that uh, it is your business to say you're going to hire someone that's going to care the way you care is physically and emotionally impossible so realize that, it's, that it is your business it's not your baby it's your business too many people say oh it's my baby no it's not your business this is the idea of a business is to be able to build a lifestyle that will accommodate your needs. And that's going to be important to you, not to your employees. Yep. They're there to earn enough of a living to accommodate their lifestyle. Yep. So realize that and don't expect them to be 100% the way you are. But if you realize that they're 80% or 90%, then you know what? Appreciate that. Show them you appreciate that. You know, go the extra mile for them when they go the extra mile for you. Definitely.
0: Yeah, and this is t- to one of your points earlier. This is another key, key thing, right? Because realistically, a lot of the time, if there is a problem, the problem is yours. <laughs> yes.
1: Right? So
0: it's it's easy to blame other people. But really, if there's a problem, like maybe your training isn't great, maybe you're the way you have explained things to people isn't great. Maybe the way you, you're communicating with people isn't great, right? So the way I look at it is that if anyone fails in my business, fundamentally, it's my my fault, right? Yes. Now, obviously, with different people, you, you can coach and you can train and you can develop them for a period of time. Obviously, there's an end point, right? Now, if I can't make someone perform well, that is number one my responsibility because I hired them uh but you know at some point you need to bite the bullet and let them go but it's too easy and I see too many people do it on a consistent basis where they're like oh yeah this guy is an idiot and this guy doesn't know what he's doing and so on right and reality is in most cases if you see a problem repeated over and over again you uh, you, you need to look at the surrounding area to find the issue, right? And that typically end up
1: pointing at yourself. Exactly. And the, which brings up another point, like the one thing you got to remember, the most important thing in a company is going to be culture. People build their loyalty and trust based on your culture. And what ends up happening there is that we often neglect things like that. And one of the ways to make things, you know, work better for everybody is when you create a high, you know, when you're creating your hiring list, make sure that each person has a detailed list and a detailed, you know, a detailed list of what you expect from them and what they should expect from you. And it shouldn't waver. It should literally be in that detailed list. Too many times people create a list, you know, have a list of 10 things. Then the person takes on the job based on those 10 things. Then down the road is, oh, I need somebody to do this. Can you do that? Oh, I need somebody to do that. Oh, can you also do that? Now you're adding to their plate and you're adding more, and they have a rhythm and you're expecting the rhythm to not break, even though you've added to that rhythm. And then it breaks, and they're like, oh, well, they're not performing as well. Of course they're not. You just gave them two more tasks, right? And it's fine if the tasks suit them, but have a two way communication to figure out if things change. So should the expectation and that open line of communication should be there based on that. And now yep. if somebody's not pulling their weight, you can pull them into the office, have a conversation and say, Hey, we talked about X, Y, Z, and we expected, you know, ABC. Now we got a, we got B, but we never made it to C. Yep. Now, now you can figure out what the problem is. is the tasks too big or is the person not pulling their weight? Is it a combination of both? Now, when you can determine which one that is, you can make the adjustment so you can get a little closer because nothing's ever going to be 100%. But if they get 90% there, then should be happy.
0: Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. Any other sort of key things from a management standpoint that you've sort of learned over the years? Any key lessons that you want to share with the audience?
1: Yeah. It's going to be basically lead with empathy. Remember, a lot of times employees are coming into the office and sometimes they're trying to bury their personal problems. And I know most employers don't really want to hear their personal problems, but the reality is we're uh, human, not robots. We can't just flick the switch and turn it off. Sometimes when a person has something going on in their life, don't wait till they're, cra- you know, till, till they're cracking and breaking down for you to uh, react. Sometimes you say, Hey, you see a person stressed out, you talk to them and they said, Hey, I feel stuck. I can't pick up my kid at three thirty if I'm here to four, and my uh, my husband or whatever, or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever can't make it till five. So I'm gonna have to leave. And you can see in their in their words, they're feeling guilty, and now they're gonna place their family into priority. They're not gonna let their three year old, you know, wander the streets because nobody can pick them up. Show empathy and show understanding, because. Yeah. At that point in time, when you show that you care, they're going to make up that time later. Believe yeah. me, they might take their computer home and do the work after dinner that they missed out on. They're not, they may not tell you that they're going to do that, but after you know, a couple of times, they're going to feel guilty and they'll make up for it without you even realizing it. You'll notice that ABC that we talked about of the tasks, you'll notice that person you showed empathy with went a step further. Sometimes they went ABCD. And you got, and you weren't expecting the D. But because yeah. you put in the empathy and you showed that you're human, just like they're human, they're going to take more pride in their work. 100%. 100%.
0: John. I, I love it. I love it. And I, I think that's one of the, I mean, just building good relationship with the staff you manage is just so critically important, right? Because realistically, again, I, I always use the example of moving, but, you know, if you, if you, <laughs> If you call a bunch of people you know and you say, hey, I'm moving this weekend, can you help me? How many people say yes and how fast they come and help you depends on how, how good a relationship you have with them. And honestly, work is very, very similar, right? Yes. Yes, you also give people a paycheck, but reality is that the better relationship you have with your staff, the further, the longer they're willing to go for you and your business, right? So, you know, it's easy to say, oh, you know, no one wanna work an hour extra. Why is that? And no one wanna do this, and no one that like it's easy to blame them and say you should because I pay you. But reality is we are humans, right? And and we we thrive and we we wanna be around other humans that respect us and connect to us and care about us, right? And that's it's just so important and it
1: makes such a big difference. One hundred percent. Look, nobody goes to work and uh, says, "If I don't need money, I would spend more time at work, working as hard as I can because I don't need the money." Yeah, right. Nobody does that. It's people are there now. They want to go in environments where they get along with people. And let's be honest: we spend most of our waking hours and most of our working time at work, right? We spend a good portion of our lives. I think somebody said it was right. It was a quarter of our lives we spend working. So, if we're spending twenty-five percent of our living life working. In a way the people we surround ourselves with are our friends, are do become our uh, associates and do become people we uh entrust with you know in our lives and uh, build our our community around. And so with that being said, you want to be happy and you want to be you know in that community with everybody you want to be able to share and and build relationships with that person because you're going to be spending that much time with them. You don't want to be spending that much time with somebody you hate. So you want to work with each other and make things great. And then, and then that's the key way to do, you know be. And that, and with that being said, that's why you have to build relationships. And that's why it's important to go beyond the paycheck. Definitely. Definitely.
0: Excellent, John. Uh, any particular resources or anything that have been super helpful for you throughout the years in terms of learning some of all this basic management? Like what, what, what's been the most helpful things that you have gone through?
1: Well, the most helpful things that I found is that, first of all, do your research on everything, find what works for you. I mean, we have something called Google these days and uh, we can look up all kinds of things and not everything is going to work for you and not everything is going to be um, is going to be right for you, but you're going to find things that are you are going to jive with and you're going to have people who you surround yourself with that are going to be like you or think like you or have some sort of resemblance and commonalities to you. And that includes the people that will stay with you at work are going to be people who have that same vision. So have that vision based on your values and share that with everybody that you hire, what your values are, what your vision is, because if you want them to be there long-term, they're going to have to share that vision with you. Yeah, And as long as they're sharing that vision, they'll come with you. And they'll come with you on that journey. And then again, you just have to have all those resources prepared. Uh, You have to have your game plan prepared and you can get all the information you need just by looking it up. Sometimes even by listening to podcasts, you can learn different things that other people have done, right? I listen to a podcast when I go into the car, it's 30 minute drive, wherever I go, I listen to a podcast, I don't turn on music and it's a wealth of knowledge. Now, the key part you want to remember is if something doesn't jive with you, just because somebody else did it doesn't mean you need to do it. There's many ways to skin a cat for a lack of a better description. Yep. So you got to find totally. what works for you.
0: Totally agree. Totally agree. Excellent. If anyone is eager to get hold of you, John, what's the best place to do so?
1: Best place you can uh, find me is either Instagram at Instagram.com slash John Papaloni, J-O-H-N-P-A-P-A-L-O-N-I, or at uh, PapaloniMedia.com. Excellent. Thank you
0: so much for joining me today. It was fantastic to have a chat with you.
1: Absolute pleasure. I hope I provided a lot of value. Excellent. And to the audience,
0: thank you for sticking with us all the way to the end. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.